pam 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 da 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 it's the motherfucking d e t r o i t e r da 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 we're back nice day today glorious day today in the state of michigan especially if you can see the shirt you're a spartan dog like myself god damn this thing's icy never never fails to impress msu gets it done against iu the red wings beat the capitals and what's the biggest game the wings have played since i was in college maybe the biggest game the wings have played since 15 16 right seven eight years Ooh-wee. they get it done there larkin goes out in the first period it doesn't look good pew Suter, pew Suter, the hottest goal scorer in hockey six goals six games Red Wings advance. Now they're two points out of a playoff spot with four games in hand. Not too shabby. I didn't think they'd be here, <laughs> but they are. So who gives a fuck? And on top of all that, I don't know where I put it. Oh, they're all the way over there. But I got a new pair of shoes today, too. It doesn't get better than that. The state wins. Red Wings. I don't know why I said I was going to say the Red Wings win. State wins. And I get a new pair of shoes. Come on now. Some Jordan 1. Do you want to see them? you want to see the shoes? I'll get the shoes. If you're listening to the podcast, this isn't going to be great audio here. I'll talk you through it. Look at those puppies. Come on now. Come on now. Those things are ice. Trey, the gang. And State gets it done. Come on now. Hell of a day. Hell of a day. Um, Let's talk about the State game. Shall we? Uh, No better place to start in my book. Coming off that loss Saturday, we knew that one was going to be emotional. Obviously, it's Michigan, Michigan State. That game's always emotional as it is. And then you couple it in with the fact it's the first time State's played since the tragedy last week. We're on the road. Michigan has the pregame ceremony honoring the victims. Really emotional. A beautiful thing to see U of M and MSU come together. The Michigan student section paying tribute. The Chrysler Center paying tribute, U of M wearing MSU pins. They got MSU written on their warm-ups. It was a beautiful thing. Saturday night, prime time. Like it, it, it was, you know, if what happened last week hadn't happened, it was going to be an epic college college basketball Saturday. Right? There's no bigger stage than that. Saturday night, the big one of the bigger rivals in the game. Fuck yeah. Even if we're both a little bit down this year, fucking that game always hits. It always does, and it always will, plain and simple. And then you throw in all the extracurricular stuff. It was an emotional one, and the game went how it did. Obviously, State came on the short end. Uh, It was disappointing, too, because from my vantage point, for sure in the first half, the first three quarters of the game Saturday, it felt like State was in control. I was watching that game going, look, I know Michigan's bad. But, hey, they still got Jed Howard, who ended up leaving. They still got Kobe Bufkin. They got Hunter Dickinson. So they got maybe two first-round draft picks and a former All-American. They still got talent on that team. You know what I mean? I know they're not maybe going to make the tournament. Shit doesn't look good for them right now. But I was sitting there watching MSU going, we're the better team. I know they're not great, but they got talent. We're the better team. We're in control of this game. We're playing better. We're a better basketball team. And it felt that way for the first 30. But every time I looked up at the scoreboard, when I kind of felt like, all right, like we should be cooking a little bit. Stay, what's what are we? We're up five, six, seven, eight. What are we up right now? And I look at the scoreboard. Michigan's within two. Michigan's within four. I'm like, damn, dude, these guys are kind of hanging around. No, I don't think State was blowing them out. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but I thought State was playing better. I thought State. It felt like we were in control. 
It felt like when Michigan made a little bit of a run, we came back stronger. It felt like when they hit a big shot, gained some momentum, we answered and kind of kept them at bay. It felt like that's how it was going for a majority of that game. And then down the stretch, State did what this team's done quite a few times this year and has done quite a few times in the last couple, which is start to miss some shots, get lazy with the basketball, a couple turnovers, and next thing you know, you're losing the game and we could never reclaim that lead, and we ended up losing. Now, credit to Michigan. They played really well. Kobe Bufkin, I don't know if he's going to be a first-round pick, but that kid's a savage. That shot he hit, I don't know if he traveled. I still travel or not. I don't know how the fuck he hit that shot, that three-pointer. That was unbelievable by him. That Cheddar kid hit a big shot. That Joey Baker hit a big one. They hit, And then Hunter Dickinson, of all people, hit the fucking dagger. They hit some big shots. They played well in the second half. You got to give it to them. Like I said, this season may not be going well for Michigan. They're still a talented team. Like, they got guys who know what they're doing with the basketball over there. They got guys who can go get buckets against anybody in the country, plain and simple. And that's what they did, and we couldn't answer it. Right? And we saw it tonight. We kind of saw the flip side tonight against Indiana. I don't want to dwell on the Michigan game too much because, obviously, we just won tonight. Everybody's forgotten about that. We're feeling good. But the one thing, that game, obviously, right, leading up to Indiana tonight, that game was a disappointment to me. And I understand. I understand these guys were playing with heavy hearts. I understand we had more shit on our mind than just winning a basketball game. I get it. And I said in the video I made today, like, I wasn't super pissed. I wasn't sitting there fuming. I wasn't yelling at the TV. I wasn't calling kids out like, all right, Matty here and there when he doesn't dunk it and he throws it off the rim. I'm letting out, oh, Matty, come on. But yeah, when we throw a stupid pass, oh, AJ. Yeah, a little bit, but I wasn't too up in arms about anything. And I think that was kind of how most people felt. It was tough to be super over-the-top angry when things were starting to fall apart. But that said, I do still think it was fair to say eh, that was kind of a disappointing loss because Jet left the game in the first half, because we controlled it for so long, because we felt like the dominant team and we still were letting them hang around. We let them stay within striking distance. And it paid off for them in the end. They were close enough, and then they went on a little run, and that was all she wrote. We had nothing for them. So, yeah, I think it was a little disappointing. And, two, anytime you lose to Michigan, it's disappointing. And to win that game, the first one back after what had happened against Michigan, like that would have been that would have been an all-time Tom Izzo win. Not because it was the top five matchup. Not because the winner won the Big Ten. Not because of some of the Michigan-Michigan State games we've had in the past. But just everything that happened, the first one back in Ann Arbor against your rival, that one would have been sweet. And we were right there for so much of it and let it slip away. I felt it was fairly disappointing. But I will say it's a lot better now after the guys just bounced back the way that they did against IU. About as impressive as it gets against Indiana tonight. Um, We want to talk about that Michigan game. Could have been one of Izzo's bigger wins against them in his career. This Indiana game, big one. This Indiana game, big one. And same shit. Like, this isn't going to propel us to win in the Big Big Ten regular season. That that may have cemented us into the tournament, but I don't think we necessarily needed it to make the tournament. That's not going to catapult us from the six line to the four line. It's not going to do anything crazy as far as our season as in our postseason hopes. But first one back at the Breslin. Kids returned on Monday. Game the next night. It's a late tip. Everybody's still emotional. We do our pregame ceremony for the victims on last Monday. 
And it had that buzz in the air. Like you could sense it through the television. Everybody wanted something to cheer for. Everybody in the community, everybody, especially on the ground there in East Lansing, we wanted something to, to smile about. We wanted something to come together for. We wanted to celebrate and return a little bit. The first step back to normalcy, just a tiny bit. We all wanted it bad. And they delivered. After a rough start, look, I couldn't watch the first 10 goddamn minutes, dude. ESPN, can we figure that out? Can we figure it out? The Tennessee A&M game, I missed 11 minutes of state tonight. I missed a quarter, over a quarter of the game tonight because Tennessee and A&M are going to the booth for view every two seconds because each coach saved all six timeouts for the last minute. Can we figure something else out? I'm at my buddies. We're on YouTube TV. I can't find ESPNU. How about you say, hey, if you'd like to switch over, here we go, switch over. Give me an option. I can't find ESPNU, and I'm missing the entire Michigan State game. I'm missing the entire ceremony. I missed the first 11 fucking minutes. We can't figure something out. I don't have ESPNU. I can't find it. I'm going YouTube TV. I'm going up to the menu. More to watch. Networks. I can't find ESPNU. ESPN News, they got Kellerman on for some reason. I can't find the goddamn game I want to watch. Instead, I'm watching commercials because they keep calling timeouts. Can we figure that out? If we're going to do these games back-to-back like that, on the nose, two hours flat, we got to start the first game a half hour sooner. Push back the second game. Do something. 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. Something. Something. Give me the option. I don't care what you come up with. But my God, I'm missing 11 minutes to watch timeouts being called. To see the fucking team managers pull out the chairs. What is that about? Had to get that off my chest. I was losing it, dude. I wanted to see the ceremony. I wanted to feel like I was in East Lansing. I wanted to take part in that. I know I'm 2,000 miles away on the other side of the country. Even more, I wanted to take part of it. And I'm watching Tennessee, Texas A&M. Fucking A, that drove me nuts. But listen, silver lining to that, I didn't really get the full exposure to MSU shit in the bed those first 10 minutes. Um, By the time the game came on, they still had their fair share of mishaps and dumb mistakes, no doubt about it. But for MSU to fight back and end that lead up six, I think, unbelievable. Unbelievable effort to close out that first half. And I got to talk about some of these guys. Um, Tyson Walker, first and foremost, I think the story of the game tonight for State. Kid's incredible, dude. Tyson Walker is unbelievable. I knew, I think we knew last year what he was capable of. And at least me, I think kind of the general consensus among State fans, especially going into the tournament last year, was like, Tyson's got to be more aggressive. We would see flashes of him doing what he does on the daily now crossing kids up, scoring one-on-one, acrobatic finishes at the rim, just hitting contested threes. We saw what he was capable of, and he would show flashes last year. But it was like, he, I don't know if he was afraid of the moment. I don't know if he didn't have the self-confidence that he needed. I don't know what it was, but it felt like Tyson didn't want to be that guy. Tyson Walker didn't want to do what he's doing now. And we all were begging for it. We all knew he had it in him. He would do shit and we're like, Tyson, you do that three times a game. You can do that 10. You could do that 15. Give it a fucking try. Now he's shooting it 15 times a game. Now he's putting up 14 a night or whatever it is. He had another 20, 
three or something, I think, this evening against Indiana. We knew Tyson had that dog in him. And tonight against Indiana, that it's not like this is the first we're seeing of Tyson Walker. He's been doing it all year. He's been a big reason this team is even where they're at now, right? He's kind of kept us afloat. He's been the guy we go to. Four minutes scoring drought. Tyson, please do something, buddy. He's been that guy for us all year. But it was prime time on display tonight. Um, some of those shots he hit in the first half, it was three after three after three. Some of our offensive possessions, which, look, it's great. They worked out tonight. Um, it's great we have a guy like Tyson Walker to go to. A lot of teams don't have that luxury. But, dude, the offense in that first half, it was like, all right, let's dribble the shot clock down to 10 and then throw it to Tyson, and he's either going to just catch and shoot or take a couple of dribbles and then step back and shoot. Love that it worked. It was sick that it worked. Threes are bigger than twos. The Breslin was getting going. He's pumping up the crowd. He's feeling good about himself. Yeah, some of those shots were open, but a lot of them were, here, Tyson, someone, do it. I don't know. Take it, Tyson, shoot, drive. I don't know. A lot of those possessions were dribble, dribble, dribble. Where's Tyson? It worked tonight. I don't know how sustainable that is moving forward especially in the tournament, especially when you play better teams, especially when we inevitably run into a team that has a lockdown guard. Work tonight. Don't know if it's necessarily how I'd like my college basketball team's offense to be run moving forward, but he was unreal in the first half, hit some shots in the second half too, but the second half is more what we need from state. The second half, AJ Hogard was unreal. Going to the rim, getting fouled, making plays for others. Tyson still made some shots. Jaden Akins, <coughs> pardon me. Jaden Akins was pitching in. Joey Hauser doing what he does, making a couple shots. And Jackson Kohler. Jackson fucking Kohler. He was big down the stretch in that first half. I think he had four points and uh, four rebounds and a block on Trace Jackson Davis. Look, Jackson Kohler, when he gets his feet moving, maybe it'll be next year, hopefully next year, but at least by the time he's a junior, when he kind of gets into a more athletic build, he's eating a little healthier, he's lifting a couple more weights, he's doing some agility training, he's fucking sleeping with ankle weights on, whatever the case is, he's walking around the crib getting milk, wearing a backpack with 20 pounds in it. Once he gets a little more quickness in his game, once he learns how to defend without fouling, moving his feet, playing on a guy like Trace Jackson. Again, he showed flashes tonight. He had that block. He got some big rebounds. He drew a couple fouls trying to get rebounds. Once he puts the athletic component into his game, he's going to be a fucking player. If he can do what he did tonight moving forward, that's a massive addition for MSU. Because, yeah, he had a couple of nice post moves. He had one. He put Jackson in a little bit of a blender and got two. He's nice in the post, and I love that he's got the confidence in the post. He's got unreal footwork when he's got the ball in his hands. So you got to believe it'll translate to the defensive side too. Like, he can move his feet. He's coordinated enough. He can do that shit when the ball's in his hands. He can give you a couple shoulder fakes and then go up and under for an easy two. He can do that shit offensively. So why not defensively at some point? But if he plays like that going forward for this team – massive, massive element for Izzo and the fellas because it's another option, right? It's the same shit we had with Cassius Winston. Now, I'm not saying Tyson Walker's Cassius Winston, but the team, the way we play, it's fucking similar. It's fucking similar. It's either Tyson Walker or A.J. Hogar, dribble, 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 and then 
either go to the rim or kick it out to somebody and hopefully they hit a three. That's pretty much what the offense is at this point, right? And again, not saying they do it to the level of Cassius, but the style we play is similar. If Jackson Kohler can become a guy where a few possessions in the first half, a few possessions in the second half, we can just throw it to him in the post and he can go get a bucket or he draws a double and kicks it out to the open man, that's huge. Let those guys get a break. Let them catch their breath. Give the defense a little bit of a different look. Get more people involved. Wear on the big men. Maybe if you're playing a guy like Trace Jackson, he gets in a little bit of foul trouble. That's a massive component to bring to this team. And not to mention the scoring or the defense. Just what he did on the boards. And I'm sure it wasn't just Jackson. Big reasons they lost to Michigan Saturday. Got dummied on the glass. Just got outworked on the glass. Um, Didn't mark guys. The boxing out was pathetic. Just the uh, like the fight when the ball was loose was kind of sad. Hunter Dixon, Dickinson, Jed Howard just outworking our guys down low. It was ugly to watch, and it was the antithesis of what Michigan State and Tom Izzo stand for. I mean, honestly, it was putrid Saturday. So I'm sure it wasn't just Jackson Kohler. I'm sure everybody on the fucking team got an earful of, we're not going to do anything if we don't rebound. I don't give a fuck how many anybody scores tonight against IU. I'm looking at the rebound column for every single one of you guys on the floor tonight. Don't give a fuck how many threes you hit. How many rebounds you get tonight? How many offensive rebounds you give up? That's I'm sure that was the message going in. And giving a guy like Jackson Kohler some more minutes, it showed. He wanted it. He got some boards. He made shit happen down low. Joey Hauser was good on the glass. Jaden Akins was good on the glass, as he always is. Malik got a couple. It was a beautiful thing to watch. That's what Michigan State basketball is about, is we're going to be tougher than you down low. We're going to out-physical you in the paint. When the ball's loose, we're going to hustle harder. We want it more, plain and simple. When the ball's in the air, we want it more than you. We're going to come down with it more than you. They did tonight. That contributed to the fucking air raid from beyond the arc. Like Jay Bill has said 50 times, there's no better opportunity for a three than an offensive rebound. Bang. Bang, dude. We cashed in so many times off of boards of the night. And it was everybody pitching in. And the last thing I'll say on Jackson Kohler, he had at least one, maybe two plays where he was down low or he was driving on a pick. And Hogard or Tyson threw him a hot pass, threw him something that where it looked like he was set up for failure. Threw him something where he was either going to throw it at the rim and pray to go in or just turn it over right there. He handled it and he kicked it out to an open man. He had one where I think he got a hot pass from Hogard in traffic corralled it, threw it out to Aikens, open three, and it went down. If he can do that shit too, this guy will unlock so much of the offense. Because that's the thing. As much as I, you know, I don't want to go negative at all. But we run those pick and rolls with Madi. Even when the pass is perfect, he struggles to put it in, right? Even when it's open, the guy struggles to put it in the rim. If there's anything off, it's traffic or it's not a perfect pass. He hasn't shown the ability to corral it and make the next play, get the ball to open floor. He hasn't shown that ability. If Jackson Kohler can come in, not only take feeds into the post, but also run the pick and roll, and if nothing's there, he can kick it back out to someone else. If that can get thrown into this offense, and now A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker, again, they don't need to do everything. They don't need to make every pass. They don't need to make every shot. That's fucking massive. Gets guys like Jaden Akins, Joey Hauser, Malik Hallmore looks when they're just posted up at the three-point line. And a lot of the times, once that ball goes in, it never comes out. That ball starts coming out now. They're going to get more clean looks, and they can all shoot the ball as we saw tonight. Clean looks, good shots. We get points. We win games, plain and simple. The last thing I want to say, 
thought the effort level is unreal. We talked about the rebounding category. That's probably in basketball. That's probably the best measure of just like how bad do you guys want it? How much is everyone busting for it? We out rebounded the fuck out of Indiana. I don't know what the final stats were, but I think we close to doubled them up. It was it was it was a solid effort on the glass. Defensively was unreal in the second half. Even in the first half, the defense locked in. Even though Trey's Jackson, he's still late. I thought we held them in check enough. He missed enough shots. He we forced them into enough turnovers. Everybody was active. Everybody had hands up. Everyone was paying attention. Everybody was trying to predict where the ball was going. When we did double down at guard Doug and we had to help over, everybody was lockstep, fucking switch, switch, shit. Like, everybody was there. We didn't give up a ton of open threes despite helping on TJD. I thought the defensive effort was incredible. But I think the, the this team might just be a three team. That might just be it. Like, once we get into March and if we end up playing a top two, three seed in the second round, the game plan might have to just be we're the Warriors now. That might have to be it because we got shooters. Tyson can shoot. Tyson can get his own shot off the dribble. He can catch and shoot. Joey Hauser is a knockdown catch and shoot. Jaden Akins can catch and shoot. He can drive a little bit. He can create a little bit. Malik can catch and shoot. We got a couple guys out there on the perimeter that they're open for three. You kick it to them, it's up every time, or at least it should be. A.J. Hogart hit one tonight. If he's knocking down threes, fucking we ride. That might just have to be the strategy for State moving forward is just live and die by the three. Because you look at it, the games we win, even the games where we're playing well and it's a close one, Purdue, even Michigan up until the end last week or uh, Saturday, we're in those games when we're playing well, when we're scoring, it's because we're hitting shots from the perimeter. It's because Tyson's jump shot's on. It's because Joey's knocking them down. It's because Jaden Akins is pitching in. It's because Malik's hitting some shots. A lot of the times, as much as I hate to say it, it's not necessarily because we're going and getting easy twos at the rim all night. It's not because the pick and roll has been unstoppable. It's not because we're getting to the free throw line like crazy. Now, tonight we did do a good job of that, like I said. Second half, we got a lot more easy buckets. We got a lot more looks at the rim. We got to the line. It was great. I'd like that to be the offense every night. And partially that could be the case because we were so red hot from three in the first half that they kind of committed more to running people off the line. I don't know. I'd have to rewatch and pay more attention. But when it comes down to crunch time, like when we're outmatched, when it's clear we're going to have trouble scoring inside, when it's clear even if our guards, Hogard and Tyson, do get to the rim, there's shot blockers in there, it might just have to be a three-point team. Because, look, we know as state fans how frustrating is it when you play a team and they're just hitting everything. Middle Tennessee. Hitting everything. Matt Mooney, Texas Tech, hitting everything. How fucking frustrating is that? It's unstoppable, too. What are you going to do? Stand at the three-point line and wait for You're going to get toasted eventually to the rim. Probably what happened a little bit tonight against Indiana, you overcommit to the three. All of a sudden, it's not so tough to get to the rim and score two. It might just have to be a three-point team. Joey Hauser, perma-green light. Tyson Walker, perma-green. Jaden Akins, perma-green. Malik Hall, perma-green. Any of those guys you think you're slightly open, fucking put it up, dude. We love it. Put it up. You guys all have the green light permanently. Put it up. You're good enough shooters. Do it. We might have to take 20, 25 threes a night. Fuck it. We hit 10 of them. We're in a good spot. And then the backcourt. Hogard and Tyson. Tyson with 23, Hogard with 18. I think Hogard had like five or six assists. Missed one shot, was ice from the free throw line. When those two guys go together, 
when they both show up, we're a tough team to beat. Because no matter what they're doing inside, no matter if Joey Hauser's having an off night or whoever, if those two guards are having the nights they had tonight, A, they're giving us points, but B, they're opening up shit for everybody else. Right? To A.J. Hogarth's going downhill, getting fouled, laying it off to people for open shots, making twos. Tyson Walker's hitting Steph Curry floaters off the glass. When these guys are on, when they're scoring and they're producing, we are a good fucking team. That's the thing. There's going to be nights where one of them doesn't show up to this level. And that's when you need the Jaden Akins or the Joey Hausers of the world to show up and give you a 15-20 spot. And I think that might only happen. The only way that's possible is if you say, hey, Joe, let it fly. Hey, Tyson, we're struggling tonight. Let it fly. It's exactly what happened in that first half. Offense was screeched. Couldn't do anything. Impossible to score. We had 13 points through 13 minutes. And then I don't know if Izzo gave him the direction or they the guys loosened up and said, you know what, dude, fuck it. I don't know who said what or what changed their minds. We were struggling, struggling, struggling. And then everybody started letting it fly. Jaden's hitting them. Joey's hitting them. Tyson's going crazy. People are shooting. The ball's going in. Everyone's feeling good. Now the rebounding's better. Now the defense is better. Next thing you know, we're up six at halftime in a half that it did not feel like we deserved to be up one, let alone six. That might have to be the formula for these guys. And if it is, I'm fine with it. I think it might be. Unreal win tonight. Happy for Michigan State. Happy for Tom Izzo. Happy for this team. Happy for all the students back. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, like I said at the top, hopefully it brought a little bit of joy into everyone's life who it's been tough to come by the last week. Hopefully it gave people something to cheer about, something to get happy about, something to come together over where – there hasn't been a whole lot of happy as of late. So good win. Proud to be a Michigan State Spartan as always. Tom Izzo and these guys deliver when we needed them most. It was a beautiful fucking thing. Can't wait for Saturday against Iowa. Go green. Let me take a quick break. We'll talk about the Red Wings win against Washington. <clears throat> Red Wings win. Massive one. 3-1 against the Caps on the road. Finishing up like a... Seven game road trip, six games, seven game. They've been on the road for a minute. That's all I know. They were on the West Coast. They fly all the way back east to D.C. No OV, but who gives? We didn't have Larkin for most of the game either. And we take care of business in a clean one. Pew Suter. Pew, <laughs> Pew Suter. This guy can't stop scoring goals. I think if you put Pew Suter in a straight jacket, the next one, he'd still come up with a hat trick. I don't know how he'd do it using his head or something. Just right place, right time, ball, pucks going off him every which way. The guy can't stop scoring. If you said, I'll double your contract to never score again, fuck you. I'm scoring twice. The guy's on a roll. He's keeping us in it. He won the game. I'm single-handedly is not the right word because hockey's a major team sport. But in the tally sheet, single-handedly with two goals, this guy won us the game tonight. Uh, gutsy effort from the wings. Gutsy effort from the wings. All this talk coming up this last couple weeks, Tyler Bertuzzi, Stevie Wise shopping him around, Detroit seeing what they can give for him. Well, Bertuzzi might be on the move. And then we hear yesterday, two days ago, actually, no, Bertuzzi's off the market. Steve Eisenman's not interested in dealing him. He doesn't. No, he's good, actually. He's going to see where this team goes. He's going to let this thing ride or at least see what happens against Washington on Tuesday night. And the boys get it done against – Mind you, a Washington team who's also fighting for their lives. 
they need every single point they can get right now too. And the Red Wings go on the road and get it done to cap off an absurd road streak, road, road trip, whatever. Unreal job. Unreal job from the Wings tonight, especially without Larkin for the majority of it. When he took that major on the uh, cross check, I thought we might be fucked. To be totally honest, we were up one nothing at the time. Pew ended up scoring shorthanded on the Larkin penalty. But I was like, God damn it, dude. This is not the time to lose your best player. And he's been red hot. This is not the fucking time. And they got it done anyway. Look, hand up. I'll say it. I'm not ashamed. I'm a man of truth, honor, and integrity. I thought this team was toast. Two weeks ago, Red Wings in the playoffs. Are you nuts? What are you, crazy? Red Wings in the playoffs. All-star break? Who are the Red Wings going to get in the first round? First round of what? The draft? You're not talking about the playoffs. And here we are, almost towards the end of February. We're two points out with four games in hand. That's something I would have given you no chance on a month ago. We looked dead in the water. We couldn't score. We couldn't keep the puck out. Dylan Larkin's contract, guys getting injured. It looked fucking brutal. It looked like we had no chance. It looked like we were all in on somehow getting Connor Bedard. Fast forward a few weeks, and here we are. I want this to be a playoff race. Make no mistake. I want this to be a playoff race till the very end. Look, if that means hanging on to Tyler Bertuzzi, so be it. I want them to hang on to Dylan Larkin regardless, but that means he's not going anywhere if Bertuzzi isn't. I want this to be a playoff race. I want this team to give it a crack. I'm fucking done with losing, dude. I'm over draft lotteries. I'm tired of being out of it in the month of March. I've had enough of that. I've seen it. I've been through it. It's it's nothing special. It's not as fun as winning. It's not as fun as tuning into the game tonight against Washington, feeling like, fuck, this is a must win. This is a big game. It's nothing like that. It doesn't compare. I want this to be a playoff race. If we got to hang on to Bertuzzi and we ended up dealing him at the draft or sometime down the road a little bit later, and we don't quite get the same return as we would have today, fine. I'll live with that because I want to see what this team can do. I mean, don't you? Don't you? Maybe in some magical fairy tale land where the Easter Bunny's real and Santa Claus is in charge of Christmas, maybe in that world, yeah, we get rid of Bertuzzi and we still make the playoffs. Or maybe we sneak into the draft lottery and we somehow get Bernard. Sure. Maybe that world exists. I don't care. Because I don't trust that world. I don't think that world does exist. But I don't even, I'm disinterested in that world. I've played in that world. We've had our fun in that world. We thought we were going to get Lafreniere. Didn't fucking happen. We thought we'd been in that position a couple times by now. Hasn't happened. I'm done with trying it. I don't need to see it. I know how that story ends. And while I still probably know how this story ends, even if they do sneak into the playoffs, yeah, I I don't think it ends up with Dylan Larkin lifting the Stanley Cup above his head. Maybe. But I don't think that's the case. I'd still rather go down that road and see some new things. It's been eight years since I've been down that road. I want to check it out. I want to see if shit's changed. I want to see what a playoff game at Little Caesars is like. I want to see what that crowd is like for the first one since 2015. I want to see what Dylan Larkin looks like in a playoff series. I want to see what Mo Sider looks like in a playoff series. And fuck it. 
I want to see what the team looks like. I want to see if we can't make some noise. I know right now as it would slot up, if we snuck in, it would be us and the Bruins, and the Bruins don't lose to anybody. I know that wouldn't be the most fortuitous first-round series for us, but I don't fucking care. Pressure's on them. We got nothing to play for. We know what the deal is. Let's go have some fun and see what happens. I want to gas Little Caesars Arena up. I want to revive the Red Wings fan base a little bit. I've talked about this in the past, both with the Red Wings and even more so with the Tigers. When you lose for so long, when the playoffs are just a distant fantasy for so long, you start to lose people. People lose interest. People don't care as much anymore. The Red Wings jersey in the closet accumulates more dust. I don't fucking want that anymore. I want to see these people come out of the woodwork, dude. I want to see LCA covered in red for a playoff game. I want to see the Hockey Town script back at center ice. I want to see Al the Octopus down and the boys fly out of there and we're getting the Gordie Howe pregame. I want to feel that electricity that playoff hockey generates and nowhere like Detroit. That's what I want. I want to at least take a crack at it. We've got some guys. We don't have all the guys. We don't have, you know, we're missing some. There's a few spots we could shore up. There's certainly room for improvement, but we've got some guys. We can win some hockey games. We've just shown it. Seven straight games, I'm going to say. I think it was seven, maybe six on the road, playing some good teams in some tough buildings to win in. And we go, and what we win? Five of them? Five wins, a regulation loss and an OT loss, something like that. We've been playing with our hair on fire. Give me that. That's fun, dude. It's fun to tune into the Red Wings and watch them win games. It's fun to see Dylan Larkin cook. It's fun to see Pew Suter fill up everybody's nuts. It's fun, even though it raises questions and people have their opinions. It's fun that Derek Lalonde has to choose between Jakob Vrana and Philip Zadina. It's fun that we've got enough talent right now where the guy that's getting bounced, people are like, oh, he's pretty good, though. He's playing pretty well. That's a good place to be. It's a good problem to have, and it's a problem we haven't had to deal with in far too long. I don't care about the deadline. I don't care about more assets. I don't want more draft picks that may or may not become someone in three or four years. Don't. Done with it. I don't know. Fucking keep it, brother. Put it back in the drawer and shut it and lock it and throw that key away. I want to see wins. I want to fuck around in March and try and make the playoffs. I want to be in the race till the end, dude. I want to tune in to Red Wings regular season games like our lives depend on it. That's what I want. I want more of Washington and Detroit, the game we had tonight. I want more of this shit. This is the biggest one we've had in seven years. I want more where you can feel your butthole clenched every time the other team has the puck. I want that. I don't want to watch the draft lottery. I don't want to see some dude rotating ping pong balls like it's a barbecue and then opening envelopes. I could watch the Oscars if I wanted, and I don't watch that either. I don't want to see that with my favorite hockey team. This is what I want. I want meaningful games in the new year. I want pressure to be on. I want to to be two points out of the playoff race. I want each game to be a must win or something close to it. This is way more fun than losing and talking about the future. Talking about right now, talking about what this team's doing, talking about, hey, if they win these games, way more fun than what if we got him? What if two years from now we get this dude in free agency? No, that's fake. That's not real. It's imagination shit. And while the imagination's cool, cold, hard cash is better.
the real McCoy is better. Unreal run that the Wings have been on. I actually, I honestly can't believe that they're in the spot that they're in. Like I said, I declared these guys dead like a month ago. It's unreal that they're even here right now. Um, that's been a treat. The West Coast road trip was a treat to watch. Shout out the West Coast living here now. It's even better with the time zones. I don't miss the first period of every game because I'm still at work. I get to sit down after work after I lift, and I get an entire Red Wings game, and they win them. <laughs> what? They go to Edmonton, and they beat McDavid in a shootout. What's up? They beat Vancouver in Vancouver. All right, sure. Yeah, they got smoked by Calgary, but that's fine. Shit happens. They go to D.C., win it. Yeah, this is fun. I have a good time doing it. We're scoring goals. Dylan Larkin can't be stopped. Pew Suter is Wayne Gretzky 2.0. Yeah, it's a pretty good fucking time. No doubt about it. I don't know how they got here. I don't know what's changed. I mean, they've been scoring, I guess. You know, Dylan Larkin, since the All-Star break, has been one of, if not the best player in hockey. Uh, that certainly helps. They've kept the puck out of their net a little bit more. The goaltending's been great. That helps. People are pitching in. Jakob Brana's back up. I thought he played pretty well tonight. Had an elite play on the back check late in the third there, covering up for Mo Sider. Um, had a couple of nice passes that created grade-A scoring chances. There was one to Perron, I think, on a power play, and Perron just missed it wide, but it was an unreal pass by Verana. Jonathan Bergeron, Jonathan Bergeron, Johnny Burgers. He's coming along, dude. This guy's what is he 22 years old? This guy's a playmaker for us. Like he just finds kids that are open. No problem. Throwing disgusting saucer passes to every opportunity that arises. Mo Sider just collecting bodies, bro. <laughs> Fucking this guy's the undertaker out there. Just if you have the puck and you're within five feet of him, you're going to end up on your ass. Plain and simple. He's canceling out McDavid and one-on-ones and three-on-three overtime. Come on, dude. Come on, dude. Jake Wallman's back in the lineup doing his thing, skating, open opportunities. He hit a post tonight. It's fucking fun to watch. And they're doing all this without Lucas Raymond in there. It feels like this team, for better or for worse, as down bad as they were not too long ago, and now they're up. It feels like we haven't had a full squad all year. Verona went out early. Bertuzzi went out early. Larkin missed a couple. Lucas Raymond's been out for a bit. Jake Wallman was out for a bit. It feels like we, Fabry, was out for most of the beginning. We haven't had a full lineup of all the guys we got once all year. And now we're starting to get people. Bertuzzi's been back for a bit. Fabry's been back for a bit. Jakob making his debut tonight. Lucas Raymond, hopefully he comes back soon. Dylan Larkin's here. Wallman's coming back. Like now we're finally starting to get the pieces together. Now all these guys that Stevie's acquired, whether it's free agency or a trade here, getting somebody for cheap, some of these young guys, now we're finally hitting a point where we've got all the parts. Once Lucas Raymond comes back, we've got everybody. That's the team. That's the team. I don't know who you're going to scratch when Lucas comes back. I really don't because the bottom six is playing out of their minds. Larkin's been playing great. Bertuzzi's been pretty good. Fabry, I think, has been good. Zadina's been good, as people mentioned tonight. Verana, I thought he looked pretty solid tonight. Valeno, I think, has been good. Everyone's playing pretty well. I don't know whose spot Lucas takes. He's going to take someone's. He's one of the better players on the team. He's going to slot in somewhere. That's a good problem to have, though. Give me this team at full strength. Give me this team with everybody we've got. All the talent Stevie's acquired. Everybody we've been talking about for the last couple of years. Get them all together and let's fucking see what happens. Now, maybe that's part of Steve's thinking is, hey, you know what? Do I want to blow this up? This is the first time since I've been a fucking GM here that we've had a pretty good amount of talent and it's all been on the ice at one time 
or at least able to be on the ice at one time. Let's see where this thing goes. Dylan Larkin's heating up a little bit. Jonathan Bergeron's getting better by the game. Jakob Vrana, we've seen what he can do when he's playing at full speed. That guy's dynamic as fuck. He puts the puck in the net. We need guys who can put the puck in the net. Let's see what we can do. That, that road streak, unreal. Taking care of business, fighting our way back into a playoff spot. Winning tonight at Washington, unreal. Let's see what we can do down the stretch here. I don't know if this ends in the playoffs. I certainly hope it does. But let's at least see if we can make it interesting the whole way. Let's at least see if we can't drag this playoff race out another two months. Let's see it. Let's see what we got, Steve. Because whether we tank and try to sneak into the lottery for Bedard, whether we sell off one piece like Bertuzzi, whether we sit pat and see what happens and don't make the playoffs, or we do make the playoffs, whatever happens after this season, decisions are going to need to be made, whether you're clearing space for guys down low like Edvinson, Soderblom, some of these younger cats coming up, or you're going to go out in the free agency and give somebody a little bit of money to come play hockey in Detroit, or you're going to try and make a blockbuster deal. Whatever happens this season, this offseason is going to be a bit of a benchmark. This offseason is going to be a time frame for Steve Eiserman to make some important decisions, for him to decide the direction. We're starting to get to the precipice where it's time to win. It's time to go all out. We're not waiting for young guys. We're not hoping for picks. It's going to be time, certainly next year. It feels like it is already this year, but certainly next. It's going to be time to win hockey games. So let's ride this season out. Let's go with the dogs we got, and let's see. At the end of the year, we can look back at it, and you got a clear picture of what we got here. You got a clear picture of who you want, who doesn't fit, who we can move, whatever you need to do, Steve. Let's see what we got, and then you make your decisions at the end of the year. Unreal stuff from the Red Wings. Can't believe they did it or are doing it or are here. I mean, they haven't done shit, but it feels like they've won the Stanley Cup just being here. It's fun when they win, man. It's a lot better than losing. All right, folks, that's all I got tonight. Um, We'll be back Friday talking about my skiing trip. Went skiing for the first time this past weekend. Good time. Skiing is a good fucking time. My lower body feels like it went through a meat grinder. My foot feels weird sometimes when I step on it. Don't know what that's about. Um, Ski boots crazy invention we don't have comfortable versions of those shit's expensive how do you get to the olympic level there's plenty of stuff to talk about so we'll do that friday appreciate everybody being here hope you have a wonderful week thank you for the support as always i'll see you guys next time